everyone. Are you ready to be fired up? Because I sure am. I have Troy Kearns here and he is a firehouse. In fact, we have a lot in common. Um, he was also back in the day a, a foreclosure agent and he's, I think he sold more houses in his first two years in uh, the industry from anybody that I've ever, ever interviewed. Um, and now he's like, owns like hundreds of properties across the country. And he's just like absolutely transformed his, his business. Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. Troy, tell me a little bit about your story and your background. I want to like, I was amazed when I learned how many homes you sold so quickly. It was a trip. So tell me how many it was, how you did it and all that good stuff. All right. So I'll kind of start with like my upbringing and then I'm going to go like, I'm going to try to get this done in under a couple of minutes. So first of all, I am from Seattle, Washington, a small town called Renton, Washington. Grew up, um, always had a good work ethic. I believe that came from my mother. Um, I'm not going <laughs> to shed any shade on my dad, but I think it definitely came from my mother. And, um, you know, and so basically I grew up as a poor kid. And so I knew about not having money right and so there was always this internal thing like as a kid that like freedom equals money money equals freedom so i was mowing lawns at 10 at 10 and 11 8 9 years old all that paper out at 11 and a half the earliest you could burger king at 15 years old like you know working hustling my entire life wanting to be rich knew that from a very early age that i wanted to be rich okay which is cool. I think I think some people are afraid of money and they're like, oh, money's bad. But I, I like it shouldn't be that way. But some people have that weird thing in their head, you know? Well, for me, it just represented security, right? Mm -hmm. Like it represented like a controllable factor that like I saw people with money, like I didn't have any, saw kids with money, with parents with money. And I was like, I want that. And so I thought it was going to be through the stock market. So I got involved with that as a young age and was investing and doing all these really good disciplined things that most, you know, 15 year olds aren't doing. I had like all of that stuff going for me. But what really happened is, you know, trying to get a direction early in my life, um, I, I didn't know really what I wanted to do as so many young people don't. And uh, so I felt like I needed to go to college. Everybody's going to college. I need to go to college. And somebody gave me advice, like always keep your options on the table. So I went to college, got a communications degree, total waste of time, came out of college, <laughs> came out of college and I had to get a, either do a thesis or uh, get an internship. And I was like, well, I was a big talk radio uh, fan at the time, like the Howard Stern's and all that. And so I you got like a, Howard Stern. Oh my God, that guy's crazy. But <laughs> I didn't like Howard Stern. I like actually liked another guy named Tom Likas that mo pe most people won't uh, like. But uh, he was like, you know, at that time, my uh, age, you know, it was about dating women and stuff. And that was kind of his whole deal. So it was like, oh, this is cool. And so I work, went to work for this radio station, got the internship with them, and I transferred that internship into a career with them as starting as a promotions director, which was like not my skill set, nothing I really did, but I did it well. I always was a hard worker. 
And so then, like, I really didn't like it. I hated my boss and everything like that. But one of the guys in there who I'm still friends with today is like, you should get into sales. Like, he was a sales guy. He's like, you have a natural, you know how to talk to people, you should do it. And so I went and convinced a sales manager to hire me. I became like the number one sales guy with no book of business, like direct, like, and so I became the number one book of business. And what happened was first year made $64,000. Next year made $214,000, paid $82,000 in taxes. And I was planning on making like $400,000 the next year. And then my station, which was a hot talk, uh, male contact, uh, male audience, and all of these customers were hand generated. They did not exist before I was there. They were my clients that I brought to the radio station. And so that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was, it was awesome. And uh, it taught me a lot, like how to talk to business owners. I was in car dealerships. I was meeting with this. I, this is really, it was a big part of my journey, but then what happened was the station decided to switch formats, Krista. They're like, we are going to go to female country. And I'm like, but I'm going to lose like all my clients. And they're like, yeah, we're going to guarantee you X number of dollars or whatever you bill, whatever's greater. And I'm like, but I'm special. Like I, 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 if you add up every sales rep, I did more than all of them, like myself and the lady's like, well, we can't do anything for you. So I was like, okay, cool. So I won sales club that year in Vegas. And that's where they sent everybody who was the top, like they sent two people in each market and out of Seattle, I was one of the top two people. So I won sales club in Vegas. I had them extend my trip. I got my license in Vegas to sell real estate. So I'm moving to Vegas. I'm done with this. I have no control over this. I'm going to go take control. I'm, I'm going to move the hell out of Seattle. I'm going to go where I know nobody and start into real estate, which is really a bad idea, right? Like <laughs> It wasn't for you though. You did great. So tell a little bit about that and how you did it. Right. So the first thing I did was I'm going to tell you like what happened. So first, obviously I go join up with this guy on a team kind of follow his leadership, which is like, go do open houses, go do that, go do these other things that realtors tell you to do. And it was not having any success. I would do all, everything. I called everybody. I was very aggressive and it just wasn't having success. And so, and at the same point in time, I had a drinking problem, right? Like I was a big drinker and mm -hmm. not, not like, like drinking every day, but like when I drank, I drank. And so that affects your business the next day and the next day after that. Right. And so, yeah. And so I had to, so I realized that, A, I'm not, and now when you're being successful, like I had the same problem in Seattle, but I was having success, right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So when you're having success and you have a drinking problem, you don't have a drinking problem. You have success and you like to drink. But when yeah. you're not, <laughs> when you're not successful and you're still drinking and you're making bad decisions, it's like, okay, so I had to quit that. And I had to move back to Seattle because I was not successful with real estate. Right before I moved back to Seattle, I got um, approved to be a countrywide REO agent. For those people who do not remember what countrywide is, is I was able to sell myself to countrywide to become an REO agent. And that was right before I had made the decision to move back to Seattle to go and sell radio again. So I called my mentor at the time. His name is Aaron uh, Renfrew out of Seattle. And I'm like, hey, man, what do I do? I don't have any money. I'm broke. I got a drinking problem. I have no prospects of making money. And I, and I just got this account that I know is going to make me a lot. They assigned me like five properties that day. And I had like, oh my no, I had no listings ever. And so I'm like, he's like, don't let that go. Figure out a way to keep that alive. And so I went to the guy who was my mentor at the time. And I'm like, Hey, I got to go back to Seattle. I need money. Don't tell anybody I'm gone. Take this account. Give me 25%. You take 75%. 
And I'm, I got to go back to Seattle. I got to get money. So I went back to Seattle. I became a salesman. And while I was doing that, I had two phones and I was, I figured out how to pick up the clients. So I started flying out on the, on the weekends to Dallas when I'm doing this stuff, as I'm doing the sales thing, I was sales. And then I won sales club up there. And, but as I started to pick it up, I started noticing the same things. I didn't have control over radio. They're like, Hey, don't go after this client. They're, they're with our TV station. Don't go after this. I'm like, you guys hired me to be a killer. And now you're clipping my wings. Yeah. And so, and at that point in time, I was the number 90th agent and I lived in Seattle in Vegas out of 12,000 agents. I was the number 90th and I lived in Oh my Seattle. gosh, that's crazy. Right. And so all these people thought I was in, in Vegas. So then I had a conversation with the guy who brought me back there. And he's like, you know, you're not going to hit quota this, this month. I'm like, dude, I'm just staying here for you. I've got Vegas is rolling. I'm ready to go back there. And he's like, you're not doing me any favors. He's like, I'll help you out. He was really cool. And he said, go back to Vegas. And then basically I scaled it to 48 clients. I sold 2,200 homes in five years and it changed. 2,200 homes in five years. And how many, that was all asset, all uh, foreclosures, right? All foreclosures. Like, yeah. I mean, five, maybe five in the beginning when I didn't know what I was doing, five re regular sales, but 2,200 foreclosures in five years. Wow, man, you were crushing it. So how big was your team? And that's the funny part. I My wife hates me saying this, but I run super lean. So like compared to the other guys who had 20, 30 people, I had seven. Wow, that's that's incredible. Yeah, when I was, I was doing foreclosures, my best year was 169 homes and I just had a a transaction coordinator and a full-time like assistant, you know, and we would like, dude, do you remember how many BPOs? And then, then, the, and then the BPO you'd spend three hours on it. And before they had the software and then their system would break and you, Oh my gosh. And then you get 87 offers and you had to, and you had to put every single offer into the system. Like no matter what, remember those days, like it was insane. So I was good at like making sure I hired the right people. I had, I never did any of that stuff. I hired, I, I mean, I did in the beginning to learn how to do yes. it, but I mean, I really quickly hired transaction coordinators, uh, drivers and data entry, them all. all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I was just watching this show on, uh, on Netflix that was, it's called like, um, 99 homes and it's about all about the short, short, the short sale days and foreclosure days and how these people were just robbing the banks like crazy. The actual realtor. And I know it was true. It was a trip watching that. But oh, anyways, was, back to that. No, so it was 100% true. It was 100% true. I've seen plenty of people do it that are oh, still- Oh, me too. Today. Terrible, yeah. terrible, yeah. terrible. Yeah. So, okay. So you sold 2,200 homes. Like you um, went after it, took risks. So it seems like you're the kind of person that's pretty much successful no matter what you do. I mean, obviously that you, that's just your, uh, not your, not just lucky, but that's you, you create that. You create your success by- going after it, not taking no for an answer. I mean, I know how hard it was to get uh, asset management companies because I had 13 of them and it was not easy. And, and they were the worst people in the world to work for. Like back then they had zero respect for agents. They treated you like crap. Um, they absolutely, I mean, it was horrible. And they, there wasn't there towards the end, they started having getting better, but man, for the first couple of years, they crapped all over agents. Yeah. Well, and one thing I forgot to mention is during that, like, I had prior to Seattle, I had started my real estate journey. So I bought my first condo and kind of didn't know what I was doing, bought my second house, which was a live and flip. And then I decided I knew everything about real estate. And so I bought two houses in Vegas on speculation, which is why I moved down there. And that was at the height of the market. If you could literally throw a dart at the height of the market, that's what I did. So 
I, I lost 2,500 bucks for 17 years until I sold those houses. So I, it put me on the sidelines for five A month. Years. You were losing $2,500 a month. A month yeah. and sleeping on my cousin's couch. And so when I start making all this money, because of pure, I need to, I'm freaking dying over here, right? And so I start to get ahead and I start making this money and I'm like, okay, wait. I'm And I was struggling. Like, do I let this house go to foreclosure? Do I short sale this property? Like, I didn't know what to do. I was like in this, like, diabolical like what the hell am i gonna do i'm losing this money but i know i i know if i foreclose on this some bank down the road's not gonna loan me money and so i said you know what finally i start making money and i start buying the houses for cheap i don't know what the hell i'm doing with property but i'm, I'm buying these houses for 18 grand in vegas and i'm like if i buy man they were 18 grand back then i don't that is crazy in in the hood and that's in the that's, hood yeah that's so where i hung out so Troy, I want you to talk a little bit about, I mean, you, you have got your podcast. I just want you guys to know who Troy is. He's got a podcast. He now, he teaches people. He doesn't sell real estate anymore. And he, he, he flips, he buys properties and he holds them. Like he is a massive private investor. Um, he has a great way of, of financing homes and teaching people. I mean, he owns over 350 rental units and he's like aggressively was purchasing, you know, properties. So um, I mean, that's, that's insane. And you got like 200, like leased homes and other holdings, like in, like in Alabama, Florida, Kansas, like you're Louisiana, Mississippi, Nevada, you're all over the place. Like, it's amazing what you have done. So I know a lot of agents right now are at a place where they aren't making the kind of money that they want to. Um, and you know, I know you read rich dad, poor dad about having multiple streams of income, just as I have. Yeah. And I think that one thing that I want to stress upon people right now, where they're listening to you is that number one, everybody should have multiple streams of income. Right. And, and I think the market's going to go crazy over the next couple of years. Like my prediction and a lot of the experts are saying the same thing that they think the next couple of years, because we still have an inventory issue. There's more people being born way more than there are houses being built. And the interest rates are coming down. It's an election year. There are so many reasons why it's, it's looking good. Right. And people are getting more used to, to the rates and there's like a pent up demand for buying and selling. So I think like massive explosion, regardless though of that, what would you say? I know there's different, like, cool financing things that you can do and ways that you can build wealth without a lot of money down. Can you talk about that? Because a lot of that can actually help agents as well when they're going to list properties so they can talk about those kind of things with, you know, with sellers. And do you have anything that you want to like talk about or offer that you can, people can go to to kind of learn more about that? That'd be awesome too. I know yeah. I just said a million things, but. <laughs> no, I, I, think I'm, I think I'm tracking on all of them. So um, first thing is like, no matter what the market cycle is, whether it's good or bad, we can't predict that. Right. And yep. so, so I've always just realized that like, what was the craziest thing was like, when I was selling these houses and I knew that the market was like collapsing, there was people buying them the whole time. And, 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 and so my, my uh, answer to anybody who's listening, who's an agent right now is like, no matter what the market is, people are not paying attention to it as much as you think they are uh, other than you. And they are buying and selling real estate. And so what, what I would say right now is if I was to start over from scratch in real estate right now, I would do a YouTube channel. Like um, I even talked to, you know, as you know, I talked to one of your students the other day, like who's a friend of mine who I worked with, who saw me grow up the whole thing. And I said, same thing. I'm like, YouTube channel, like I would start with that because that's going to attract people. That's a long-term play. You can really like talk about like, Hey, this is a great part in San Diego. This is a great part here. 
But the other thing that I would do is like, in addition to being an aggressive agent, calling expires, you know, doing all these other things to build your business and build your, and, and treat it like a business is. The other thing that I would do is you have to understand who you're dealing with, right? And so if you're se- if you're going on listing appointments and you're thinking, I'm going to go out there for a listing appointment, but you're talking to a distressed seller, let's say, and they and they th- that may be an investment opportunity for yourself or for someone that you know that you could have a partnership relationship in. So you have to also don't be thinking one dimensional because that was my problem. I had an identity crisis. I'm an agent. Well, I actually own more properties that I now that I that make me more income for my investments. So which am I? I'm an investor or an agent. And too many people when they go on a listing appointment or do with a seller, and the seller might say, "Well, I'm super motivated. I need to sell this house right now." And they're thinking like. Okay, well, let me list it, make a commission. Well, why don't I go and figure out a way to buy it and make 60, 70, 80, $90,000, $100,000, do creative financing, learn all these other things. Agents are too transactional and they need to learn about the game of real estate versus the transacting of real estate in addition so that they can meet additional side hustles. Now, in terms of like how I would say people to set up their businesses from the agency standpoint is like, listen, you uh, probate attorneys, right? You want mass, you want repeatable for referral sources. And the problem with most agents is you're like, okay, I rely on my sphere of influence. Okay. Well, that's only going to take me so far. I need to be marketing myself and I need to be telling people why I'm the person that they want to use. Number one, they want a professional. People want to be told who to use. If a a professional doctor is going to tell you, Troy, Hey, you need to do this. And so if I'm like wishwasher or not confident or that other thing, I need to be an expert in my market. How do I become an expert in my market? I study it. I always told people when you're doing an open house, okay, you should know everything that's going on with that subdivision. You should know your competition. You should know why your house is the thing. You are a real estate sales person. So that's my advice on that. Um, in terms of if you just are thinking always as an agent and or always as whatever, and you never buy houses, then you're not going to create wealth. You're just yeah. going to create you're a not. job. And, and that's not- the thing. It's like everybody, you and I both, like we both left the real estate industry when we were at our peaks. Like the year I sold, the year I left, I sold 154 homes as a solo agent the year before. Like I left at my peak, $1.8 million in commission. People thought I was crazy to leave real estate to be a coach. Yeah. And I was like, I cannot do this anymore. I am exhausted. You know, when yeah. you sell as many homes as I did for so long, it's, it's really, you don't realize how hard it is. And everybody's going to get to a point one day where you feel like that. And I loved selling real estate. I loved the hustle. I loved meeting with sellers and buyers. I love negotiating. And one day I just didn't anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, and everybody will get that way. So, and it's funny cause you don't ever hear about agent retirement parties, but you hear about funerals all the time, right? Because people <laughs> like seriously, and, and yeah, they're leaving true. at Christmas and Christmas Eve. It's like, you're going to get tired of it. So, yeah. and it's, it's impossible to create wealth because the second you stop, everything stops that, you know, so that's why it's really good to think about investing. So talk a little bit investing or, you know, you know, I'm with the XP and I'm a, you know, firm believer and I don't like to shove it down people's throats, but I almost feel like, like a disservice if I don't talk about it because it's been amazing for me. I could literally retire right now just off what I make from EXP. It's unbelievable. You know, yeah, so- I, I, think, I think that's a no brainer right now. If you are like in, in, in whether you're doing that or another form of that, I think that th- th- it's come a long ways. In fact, my business partner of, uh, God, 18 years now, we're building our houses together in Naples, Florida. And he was like, he's trying to get out. Of, he's been an agent for like 30 years, okay, or 35 years. And he, and and he's in the process of, you know, shutting down his business. He's like, should I go to EXP? Should I go to this? I'm like, just make a freaking damn decision. So he finally makes a decision to go to EXP. 
And, you know, some people weren't, weren't willing to transition because of the technology and all this and that and the other thing. But for him, I'm like, that's the best move. And especially, you know, as, as you have a network, you know, you can build a little bit of a base for yourself and something's going to help you. Now, in terms of investing, though, but if you can buy like one house a year, if you could just buy one rental property a year, every year as an agent, just one deal per year. In five years, you're going to have more money than 99% of the rest of the world. And so, like, why wouldn't you do yeah. that? Just, so explain just that. So let's talk a little bit about that. So, like, let's just say somebody is listening and they don't have a lot of money. And they're like, but I want to start investing. But they're not really making it in real estate because, as you know, most real estate agents don't. What would, I know you talk about creative financing. What would, what would your, what would you say to them? How could they still possibly buy properties and there's, make it profitable and all that? There's 99 thousand ways to structure a deal, right? You just need a motivated seller, right? And you need somebody who knows how to structure the deal, AKA me, right? Like, like I know how to, I, I know how to do, I, I, I said this and I'll say this a number of times. This is probably going to be my new thing. I would debate anybody online. Who's a guru. Cause I know my shit. I know way more of my shit. Like I've done clouded titles. I've done partial ownerships. I've done probate. I've done like divided. I've done court orders. I've done administrative. I've done every single type of deal that you could do in residential sales. And the, and it's all about being creative. How do you solve the problem? And if you focus on solving the problem, not on the money, then the money comes. Like every time I've made massive amounts of money from a seller, like people like that were losing their house to foreclosure and we're going to let it go. And then I was able to convince them to work with me and I made $100,000 and they would give me a testimonial saying, Troy changed my life. Why? Because I solved their problem. It would be a domestic violence issue or it would be this issue or it'd be an other issue. And I went in there listening to what their problem was and solving that problem. So to, to kind of fast track to like what your core question, which is, was like, how do I get rich through real estate investing? It's very simple. First, if you don't own a home, buy a freaking home. If you're a single person right now, buy a fourplex. You yeah. put, put yourself last. Okay. If you like the, 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 I didn't get started really until I was 32. I'm 46 now, like really knowing what I was doing. If I was 18 with the knowledge today or younger than that, with the knowledge today, I would buy a fourplex, move in that fourplex, make that my first FHA loan, then move up and get another FHA loan. And that can just compound your wealth. And then you're learning a skill set. You're learning how to deal with tenants. You're learning how to deal with repairs so that the next step you can take Oh, maybe I want to flip now. Okay, now I know how to do these other things. I'm comfortable with the transaction of real estate because I bought a couple houses. Now I'm going to flip and I can make $50,000, $90,000 on these deals in, in Missouri on properties that are under $200,000. We teach people how to do this all the time. I had a student just make $72,000 on a $90,000 investment. If you like this, you'd like to learn more about marketing, innovation, and technology, and how to stand out as the go-to agent area, do me a favor and sign up for my three-day unstoppable agent, and I will see you there. So it's, it's, a, it's amazing. Right away or how long did it take him? Yeah, I mean, he's been in the program less than six months. He identified the property. He he was gun shy on the first couple I told him to buy. He was scared. He told me that. And so once I told him, buy this one, he bought it. He 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 tapped his home equity line of credit. He's a union carpenter. And he put uh he bought it for 45. He put 45 in and he sold it for 170000 bucks and he made uh $72,000 in profit. Life-changing money for this individual. And more important than the life-changing money, the confidence that it gave to him that what he could do for his family himself as an, an immigrant from Honduras, who's never done anything like this at himself at an older age, almost in his late thirties, early forties, something like that. I don't know exactly, 
but he took a chance on himself. He bet on himself and now he's changed his life. He's now got three flips going on and he'll probably end up retiring in the next three to five years. Man, that's amazing that there's still flips. Like even like I'm in the, I'm in the industry and I, I know it's, I would think it's much harder to find flips right now, but I mean, I know they exist because I know agents think, oh, flips are bad and working with investors are bad and all this thing. But the truth of the matter is, is that there are people that do not want to list their house in the market. They have a bad circumstance, right? They, they may be their hoarders. They don't want to show their house. They're worried about their kids. They don't want the exposure or the attention. They're divorced. And there's so many reasons why people would want not to actually list it on the MLS, even knowing that in, they would be able to probably get more if they did just because of their circumstance. They, they're out there. Yeah, well, I'm surprised, you know, there's not a lot of agents that are willing to do the work because the reality is if you don't have any work right now and you could work with an investor and sure what, you're not going to make as much money. You're going to write a ton of offers. There's going to be not a lot of instant gratification, but what are you learning? You're learning transactional real estate that makes you a better, like just by getting rejected, by dealing with buyers, by getting all this experience. And sure, you may take you a while to get a commission, but what are you learning from the investor? You're learning how the investor invests. Like, why would you not want to have that opportunity? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. But you're right. A lot of people don't want to do the work and they want to complain about the market and the interest rates and the inventory and the recession and everybody else but themselves. <laughs> and yeah. I love you agents, but we see that way too often. I mean, it's 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 just crazy. It's, it's crazy to me too how much money there is to be made in real estate when you take it seriously and do it well. And I mean, I know I told you this, but when I was a teacher, I worked for six years as a teacher with a master's degree and I was making 60 grand a year. You know, oh, yeah. my best month in real estate, I did 26 transactions and made $360,000 that like that's six times what I made in a whole year with them with six years of an, you know, it's crazy. So if you like, there's so much potential, a good real estate agent will make more money than a plastic surgeon, doctor, attorney, brain surgeon, financial advisor all day long if they would just master their craft. And they don't want to invest in the in the knowledge or the time or the resources. Well, let me tell you the, the number one reason why those agents should invest in real estate. Because I paid my highest year in taxes almost $300,000. And that was me knocking the hell out of it. Now I pay no money in taxes because I invest in real estate. Because as an agent, you already have what the IRS considers real estate professional status, which allows for you to take the maximum allowable depreciation. So if I bought a house for a million bucks in California, I could then take that property and take a loss, $300,000 against my income, right away today. That's called cost segregation. So if I just said, oh, I'm going to buy, let's say I'm a decent agent and I'm going to make, I don't know, quarter of a million dollars a year, right? And I'm going to pay a quarter million dollars. I'm going to pay $80,000 in taxes, if not more. Okay. So if I'm going to pay $80,000 in taxes and all I have to do is buy two houses and let's say they just break even. I made $82,000 because you didn't I bought pay the IRS. That's so true. Listen, everyone, if you don't know about that, you need to talk to your, do you teach that in your course? First of all, Troy, where can people find you? I want to make sure they, they know where to find you at. And then tell right. me a little bit about your program. All right. So my program is super intimate and I'm going to explain it like this. You're getting like all these guys online who are scaling their programs. A lot of them don't have the transactional experience. They maybe own a few rental properties and then all of a sudden they became a coach. Mine is like, I really do care about these people that are coming in. So we're very, very hands-on. It's a coaching program. It's a six-month program. Um, they can go to Millionaire Mentorship um, on my any of my links on my socials, Troy Kearns. But the, the name of the program is the Millionaire Mentorship, the hat I'm wearing, the shirt I'm wearing, all that stuff. Um, and it's really like about how anybody from any pathway, from every sex, color, religion, 
gender identity at this point in time can freaking do this crap without like anything other than will. If you want it bad enough, you can do it, right? And the thing is, in my program, what we do, and it's funny when students exit, I'm like, what did you learn besides real estate? They're like, mindset. I learned all my students all tell me the same thing. They're like, it's the mindset. I love the mindset. I'm just like, really? I taught you how to make sell a hundred homes. And they're like, no, mindset. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I didn't without realize. the mindset, they wouldn't be able to do it. And we both right. know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I, is the cost of your program? The cost of our program right now is $84.97. And like I said, it's we're and that's and I'm still involved. So I'll just be completely transparent. We're raising the $84.97 to 10 grand sometime in the near future. And it'll be $20,000 for the high level with me, because right now I'm just basically selling a Big Mac on the menu and I'm letting everybody get it. Cause I know learning you're, you're learning, but you don't need the money. You're not doing it for the money or truly not because you could retire right now. Yeah. Well, listen, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be completely transparent. A coaching business is a scalable monetary business. I'm not doing it for, for, for free. I'm doing it because a, I love it. I've always been teaching people for a long period of time. B, I think that I provide the best, for anybody out there who's trying any other coaching program, I believe that I would be their best bet on that. I would have no problem debating anybody at any point in time because of my knowledge base and because of the access that I provide to myself. And I, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to do that for, for too much longer. As, as you know, your time is so much, so much, so Especially much. You're going to hire me. I'm going to show you how to do this at scale. You know, I would love to talk to you more about that. Yeah, I think you got yeah. a way. I think you got a way better coaching business than me in terms of a scaled and everything like that, based on our last conversation. But I will say, that, I mean, the difference is, is that um, it, I have I have a lot of support, so I give them so much support and hands on and help and you know and office hours and so it's not as profitable as I would as I would love it to be. I mean, you know, you probably make more, but it's because they will be it will be later. Just we just give them so much. Like we want them to be successful. So we over deliver, you know, but it's 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 double the price of yours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, over delivering, it's like, you know, whatever, at least my conscience is clear. I know I put my best foot. That's why I always tell people, man, I can't control what you do. I can only control what I how I can help you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I think it's great because you're giving, you're teaching people other ways to think about things. And the thing too, about his, what he's teaching is it, it works as an investor. It also works for creative financing and thinking about things to help sellers, right? Like to truly help sellers because you're, you're, you don't know what you don't know. So you don't know that there's ways that you can help them. And, you know, and a lot of people need it, it's, you know, especially with everything going on, you know what I'm saying? And then even like helping people buy houses, um, that maybe can't afford to buy right now, but they, they've got, they don't have the best credit, but they've got the money and they have these things and there's reasons why they can't get the loan, but they actually can afford the home. You help with that too, or teach that too, is correct? Yeah. And, and the other thing is like, if, if you're, I teach all of that, but if you're trying to prospect and you're an agent, why wouldn't you prospect with distressed homeowners like wholesalers are doing? Because like, that's who you should be prospecting with because they're more, more likely to want to sell their property. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then you're learning a skill set of like, oh, this is a piece of crap. Who wants to buy it? Oh, now I'm dealing with investors. How do they buy things? That's how I became a great investor was I learned from the banks during the foreclosure crisis, watching other investors negotiate with the banks. And I learned I wasn't active until 2009. And I started doing that until 2000, early to uh, late, no, uh, early 2008. So I spent a full like year watching these guys do this. And then I was like, okay, let's go. Yeah. But, you're like, they were making the money your, your, your turn. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, That's so cool. Gosh, you've done so many transactions. So, um, which, which is awesome. It, and I, and just let you know, like I, I was on, recently on Trey's podcast. What's the name of your podcast? Is it millionaire? 
We just changed the name to Millionaire Mentorship Podcast. Yeah, Millionaire Mentorship Podcast. So go to the Millionaire Mentorship Podcast. He's really fun to listen to. I was actually on his podcast and we had a good time. Like Best episode we've ever done. So you should definitely check that one out. You're so cute. You say that to everybody all the time. I love you. No, but you're the first person I've ever said that to. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh, you're so wasn't I love you. That was so nice. But anyways, we had a good time. And I when I when I saw Troy was on my list, and I was like, yes, because not to be mean, but sometimes you see someone's name or they just don't vibe well. And they and when I when we were together, I was excited about today's I want to hang out with you. You're like cool. You know? I know, I know. We're super cool. I was like, I'm like, we're friends now, you know. So he's there and we don't usually have people on here that like promote stuff, but for you, I couldn't wait to because I know you truly care about people and you truly help people and your program's affordable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's difficult. Know. People, I have spent over $1.2 million on coaching, like hiring experts, masterminds, and there's a lot of crap out there. Troy's is not. It's very, very good. Well, yeah, we, and, and that's why I always tell people, like, you're getting a $40,000 program because I compare it to, like, the fortune builders and all these other guys who are selling programs. I'm like, you don't even get, like, a real guy who's doing it. You get the guy who they hired to, to like, teach you something he's never done. Like, and or 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 it's the expert who sucked at the profession and then they go oh i can't i can't do it so let me teach it <laughs> that that just cracks me up how often that happens and, and it's that is real people people out there or they're just completely lying about their success and their results that happens all the time too it's so sad it's it's it, i i never knew the word fake gurus like like i'm like who's gonna get online and like call say they do this and don't i have a couple people who i'm very suspective like that i'm sure you know like and i know certain people who are definitely fakes and it's yeah like, yeah uh, yeah well you know it's funny this is how this is how bad it is everyone so i actually had a guy that came down so we we've done like million dollar months like like for the past 36 months in a row right and this guy was came to me and said you know no one's doing what you're doing this is like this is about probably over a year and a half ago. And I go, really? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you should like, you should capitalize on it. I'll bring you the people and you train them your model. So it ended up being like a very small um, relationship because I realized that he was, we just were not the same. And I, and I was getting anxiety. I was literally having like panic attacks. I was, he reminded me so much of my ex-husband. I was like, wow. how did I let myself get involved with this guy? Right. So yeah. it was yeah. one of those things like, Hey, it's not you, it's me kind of a thing. And we ended up like breaking it off. It's definitely it, you when it's not me. I know, I know, I know. So on the, on the crazy thing, the first person that we helped, we launched, Sheeta had a $600,000 launch her first time. And she had tried to sell the year before, didn't sell one thing, right? So uh, I had to give him half of that. Mind you, I'm doing all the work. So uh, I ended up, you know, finishing my contract with her, helping her out more because we had a thing where she had to do three events, you know, which I had to give him half of, which was the worst thing, but I did anyways. I always keep my commitments. But it ended up that he, after that, I see him on this podcast and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm in the rules. I've done million dollar months the past X, Y, and Z. And like literally takes my whole biography and success. He wasn't even in real estate. Yeah. And I'm all, what? Like, and, and then he says, oh, that was an accident. That was when we were partners. No, you just did a Facebook live, like literally 24 hours ago, because yeah. it was crazy. And I thought to myself, people are, it's so scary. Be really careful who you, who you hire. Yeah. And be careful who you give your money to. Like, yes. like, like, you know, like I always tell people, Google me, look at me up, look at my, my track record. I'm not, like people who are like, Oh, you never sold 3000 homes. I'm like, go to Zillow. I haven't been active there forever. There's like 2,200 homes that show up on there. Like that's so cool. Yeah. So I, I think it's, in, it's incredible how many people have no problem taking other people's hard earned money. I, when somebody invests 8,400 bucks in me, I take money, the, yeah. 
I, I, that's very serious commitment. And it's like, how quickly can I get them back that investment so that they feel good about that investment? That's the first thing I look at. Like, I just had a guy who felt like he didn't need my program. He owns 42 properties. And I'm like, how much are you cash flowing? He's like 10 grand. I'm like, I'm 42. I'm like, you were doing something wrong. And so he humbled himself because he felt like, Hey, I'm a little bit sophisticated. I don't need this guy. And I'm like, so I saved him a hundred thousand dollars in taxes day one. And he's like, dude, thank you so much for that. I'm like, was that worth 8,500 bucks? And, and like, maybe he doesn't You're need to die. If I tell you this, I was, I just ended up buying, but I spent over like a million dollars like last year in taxes. And I right, know so we're going to make a deal right now. I'm going to uh, be able to eliminate your taxes and you're going to help me scale my coaching business. God, dude. And it's like, well, my friend, Bill Allen, you know, Bill Allen, who Bill Allen is with seven figure flipping. Uh-uh. No, anyways, he's, so I just invested money with him and now, I mean, he's getting me to see it, but you know, my problem, I think part of it was just being super honest and is like, I came from a foster home. And so, and, and then, you know, my husband, like when I, this has been a long time. I know the, pro I know the problem, Krista, you're every, every one of my students, you're just scared of doing the, the no, it's not that it's like, I just, I, I like to keep my money where it's at. But the bad thing is, is like, we own, like, we own like 12 properties, all paid in cash, all paid in full. I should have been this pat all these years, instead of paying cash for everything, like I've done just because I, that's my comfort zone. I should have been leveraging those and getting, using that money to buy more. If I would have done that, I would have been like, 10x my money or more. I think what you should do is buy a building an S on an SBA loan that could give you like the like 10% down. You know what I mean? Like you could buy it for super cheap. You're going to be able to get the massive cost segregation that will be able to like completely wipe out your tax gain. Like if you're paying, like if you bought, for example, if you bought a $4 million building, so that would cost you $400,000 down, you would be able to wipe out a million dollar gain. Yeah, I know that that's how it goes. Exactly. Uh -huh. yeah, so, so if you bought a $4 million property with 10% down, you're, you're now $400,000. So you're up 600,000 from what you would have had to pay the IRS. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I'm, I'm going to start. Well, I have your, we have, we're on each other's cell phone service now. So I was just thinking, maybe I should tell Brody to pay for him to take your course and he could, you know, <laughs> learn to buy stuff all over the place. Yeah. I mean, we're happy to help, you know, I'm just happy to help you, you know, any way I can help you just, you know, you got my phone number, you call me with whatever you need. I'm happy to help you. Chris. Me, just let you know, everyone, me and Troy are now besties. We've decided that we're going to be besties. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's so, it. Listen, so the uh, mentorship mastermind, so the mentorship, right? Millionaire mentorship is the, the name of the program and the millionaire mentorship mastermind is the name of the mastermind that we have coming up in March. And by the way, are you interested in coming out and being a speaker? Heck yeah. Let me help you. I'll teach you. Sell. I'll repitch for you. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, I loved you. So tell me what it is. I will totally, totally come. That'll be super fun uh, to, to do that. And I can help you too with like a lot of parts of that event. And we'll talk about that offline, but we do need to talk because I, you will convert way more if you, because that's what I do. I take it. <laughs> you, you know, the funny thing is the, the, you know, the secret to my success, huh. Hi, uh, hi, uh, hiring and surrounding myself with women, just like yourself. Like oh really? My, yeah, my wife is like you. My mother is like I. I say I. I hire. I surround myself with women who are highly organized and highly massive action takers. Yeah, and that's why I'm successful. I just figured out the code. You know what I mean? Like it's so funny. It's so funny. And I will tell you, you are like that though. So it's like I think we're kind of like girl boy versions of each other. 
It's funny. So my, I have had two different mentors, Dean Graziasi and Russell Brunson, both tell me that they've never seen anybody take action like me. They like literally have said, like, I've never met anyone that takes action as fast as, as Krista. And that's part of the reason why I'm successful. Now, mind you, I screw up all the time. Right. So like yeah. I'll make, I'll do 10 things and screw up on eight of them. But even, but I've still done two more right than most people will do in a year, right? And so yeah. when you're constantly doing that, like action takers are money makers, money like speed. In fact, on my wall, it says, do it. Wait, you see that? Where, where is it at? No, go the other, the other way first. Yeah. Way. yeah, do it now. See that? Do, do it, it now. now. Like that's legit on my wall because I know that wealth has a need for speed. And so I'd rather do things quickly and learn as I go so I can learn. And you are the exact same way. I mean, you went and like, you were doing REOs and foreclosures, just got your license from a different city. You were learning everything. And I know how hard that was. Cash for keys, BPOs, repairs. Like, oh my God, you know how much money I lost in not keeping track of like the repairs because in the beginning and they didn't submit them on time and all these things. It was crazy back then. Like I would rather be a stripper in Vegas, which I would never make any money than have to ever sell another foreclosure again. Yeah, it, it's funny. So I gave away in the beginning, the way I cut the deal with the broker that I worked with, I was like, hey, you run the back end, the money part, right? Like you take care of all the expenses, you front all the money, you can take 35%. And I said, and, and, and everybody's like, why don't you go 100%? I'm like, I just want to know what my profit is. I want 65% of everything I bring in and let somebody else deal with the back end. I didn't take any of the buyer leads or anything like that. Yeah, that, exactly that was actually really smart to do. I mean, it was smart to do that. Yeah. You so I, I'm with you on that. That was, that was a lot. They had so many requirements. And shit like that. Yo, yeah. Oh, we remember, we know. And, and, and people just to let you know, if you think you're going to be a foreclosure specialist and that's like your claim to fame, take it off the shelf. There's more homes that actually are paid in full right now. Like it's unbelievable how well the actual market is as far as people having equity in their houses, the number of homes that are fully paid for, how many homes I just did all the data and the research like three months ago when I launched my new event, because my, my thing was, what if you think that's your your thing you're wrong so it's like you either are going to make this you, you've got to commit or quit like your choice you want to you want to commit or you got to quit because that's it and the alternative is going to work at mcdonald's or for macy's or as a bartender or a server like what the heck are you going to do if you can't make this work there's nothing more lucrative than real estate right like you can we make i mean from doctors i literally looked up all the salaries of doctors financial advisors you can make so much money in real estate if you just do the work. So get off your butts and let's go. Okay, so Troy, one more time. Tell them the name of your podcast. Go in there and check out mine. Give them a five-star review. Make sure you give a five-star review on this one too. Yes. Um, and then look him up. And then I want to get you to, I want to talk to you. I'm going to call you as soon as we're done with this because I need to run to the doctor. But I want to call you as soon as it's over. I have some ideas. So everyone, tell them about you. And then I want to end it with one thing. What would your advice be? personal or business or however you want to say health, wealth, happiness, what would your advice be to people and then right. tell them where they can find you? Okay. So my advice would be this is believe in yourself, right? Like, because we are like, you're only here one time in life. And so many people don't, they take that for granted. Right. And like, there's a lot of things that happened to me. I've had a lot of bad trauma. You've had a, bad, a lot of bad trauma. We all are victims, but here's a situation like you're in charge of your own life. And if you don't take charge today of your own life and decide what you want to do and how you want to be remembered, then you're not going to be remembered. You're going to be like 95% of everybody else that shows up at the reunion, the high school reunion, doing the same damn thing you were doing 20 freaking years ago. So yeah. take advantage and, and bet on yourself, right? And don't think you deserve something. Go and freaking fucking earn it because like too many people right 
right now, got their freaking hand out. They think they're super smart. Like go and put in the time. Get yourself next to someone like super smart, like Krista. Go in there and volunteer your time because too many people think their time's more valuable, but the reality is your time is limited, but your value is created by what you are to be able to, what you're able to provide the marketplace. So first of all, believe in yourself. And then second of all, take action. Like Krista said, whether you fail or not, taking action is a major benefit, right? Like I failed when I first bought real estate. I literally was going to go under bankrupt. Okay. But I kept going because I believed in myself and I believed in my ability to win. And all of those failures led me to the person I am today. And all of those mistakes led me to the person I am today. And if I could go backwards, which I can, I can teach people how to do this. Then that's, I, that's the best thing I can do. Cause I can't change what happened to me. I can't change the victim mentality. I can only change my attitude and my altitude by what I do every day. Um, and then if you want to find me, follow me. It's Troy Kearns on all the socials, except for we're changing our podcast name to Millionaire Mentorship Podcast. So you can check that out. We got lots of cool episodes with politicians, people like Krista Mashore, and everybody cool in the world. So you should definitely- You do. Everybody cool in the world. Okay, everyone. I don't know about you, but I am sure fired up. And Troy, thank you so much. And everyone that's listening, listen, go follow, go find Troy, go follow him, like his stuff. He, he really is the real deal. And remember, knowledge is not power. Implementation and execution of the knowledge is where things will come. And my biggest advice is do it now, start, it's never too late, and make sure you keep going. Success breeds success. What gets celebrated gets replicated. As long as you do not give up, there's it's impossible to fail. I'll see you next time, everyone. Troy, thanks. Thanks. Have a great day, everyone. Peace. If you like this, would like to learn more about marketing, innovation, and technology, and how to stand out as the go-to agent or area, do me a favor and sign up for my three-day unstoppable agent, and I will see you there.